0: I greet the saints in a beautiful and a wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Your amen is very suspicious. <laughs> the Bible says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. As Christians, we need reflect the joy of the Lord because the Bible says righteousness peace joy in the Holy Ghost that is the kingdom of God so there is no kingdom of God without you reflecting that peace or without you reflecting that joy So the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Wherever we go, people should see the joy. When people are looking at you, they should see the joy. Or when people at home thinking, they should know Has got the joy, or when you're going to meet someone else, that person should be assured. Or today, I am going to meet. So, when people are seeing us, they must see hope. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, I've started preaching. Uh, I'm going to talk about the symbol of a true worship in Ebenezer. We remember that Ebenezer was a stone of remembrance. People of Israel, they used to have enemies and they will torment them throughout né? and then one day god defeated those enemies for the israelites and the Israelites they say wow let us put a stone here as a sign of remembrance né? as a sign of remembrance come let us gather together and start worshiping god who defeated our enemies. So far, the Lord has helped us. That is what we are saying as people's church or from January until today. So far, Ebenezer. So we are going to establish a stone of remembrance. So our stone of remembrance will be worship. Our stone of remembrance will be referencing God our stone of rem- rem- remembrance will be uh, honoring the father but how do we honor the father we honor the father through worship what is a true worship you see Our problem as South Africa, or South Africans, or let me say South Africa, is because we are a democratic republic. And this thing of Christianity is the kingdom. The kingdom and democratic republic is not the same thing. There are laws. That govern the kingdom side, there are laws that govern the democracy. Are we still together? Am I talking sense? So in democracy, we 've got the president, president. So the problem is that we want to uh, take Jesus or God as the president. No this is the kingdom we have the king and king commands those commands, commandments the king commands the laws when the president gives an address can be suggestions i get it. some people they can say uh, they are not binding but when a king gives A command. You don't have a choice. It's not all about your right. You have to do what the king says. Are we still together? So, the kingdom, in the kingdom, the citizens have got the culture. In the kingdom, the citizen citizens they've got the culture. And the culture is worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The culture is worship. What is this worship? Worship is a lifestyle. Worship has got nothing to do with a musical instrument worship is a lifestyle the way you direct your life the way you eat the way you address people the way you speak to the people that's the culture in the kingdom the way you raise your children that is the culture in the kingdom Hallelujah. Amen. Are we still together? Am I making sense? So worship is the culture. And worship is not something that we go to or something that we go to do. But worship is who we are. So 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 unfortunately, we say the people who are who are singing. We say they are the worship team. No, no. We are all the worship team. Worship is the way the Christians live their lifestyle. Am I still making sense? Let's go to the word. Those who are visiting us for the first time, we love you with the love of the Lord. Hallelujah. I've got a special gift for those who are visiting us. For the first time, Marud. The chair you are seated on from today, it's yours. (laughs) So you you can do whatever that you want to do with that chair. You can take it home in the condition that next week, Sunday, It will be here, seated by you. Is it a good one? Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. We remember the story of Paul and Silas. The Bible says they were praising and praying. They were praising and praying. And the prisoners were listening. So we've got two classes here. The Paul and Silas and the prisoners. The Paul and Silas and the prisoners. So the prisoners... We're not praising and praying. Paul and Silas were praising and praying. So in this church, we do not force people to worship. We teach people or we encourage people to praise God. If you go to other churches, they will say, uh, we are singing and then you are sitting down. <laughs> Please raise those hands. No, no, no. That's not what we are doing here. Because we know read there's two classes. Those who are praising and maybe the prisoners. People come to church with different reasons. Some people are imprisoned by stress. Some are imprisoned by depression. Some, it is sin. So we have the mind, or we've got that knowledge. Yahori, there are people who are praising and others who are listening. But catch this. As they were praising and praying, Prisoners' doors got open. So, as we are praying and praising, there's a deliverance of the prisoners. As we are praising and praying, someone is receiving his deliverance. I'm telling you. And I'm sure of this, that you will never come to this church inside here and you go back the same. Because there's Paul and Silas, those which are praying. And the prisoners which are listening are about to be delivered. If you are here today, you came in here, maybe you don't know what to do next week with something or you are confused. I'm telling you, I'm sure of that. Today, you are going home with your deliverance. Hallelujah. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I give you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, underline the word mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. There's no worship without an offering. There's no worship without you engaging your own body. Something must die. There's a verse in the Bible that says, No one should come to my father empty-handed. Am I right? Yes. No one should come to the Lord empty-handed. That is a true sign of worship because we not only worship with dancing and singing, but we worship with our material things, our everything, with our our our, our everything. We give giving is an is, is a worship. True worship is giving your whole life to Christ. Hallelujah. True worship is giving your whole life from Monday to another Monday. Your whole life to Christ. True worship. The way you direct yourself in the marketplace, the way you direct your life in the business is worship. The way you direct yourself in the family is worship because worship starts in the heart as an as an as an an individual it goes into the family and then it comes corporate as we gather here am i making sense so until you establish your own Ebenezer of worship your own personal one it's going to be difficult To establish it in the family. And if in the family. There is no true worship. It is going to be difficult. To worship God. In front of the people. Am I communicating? It is going to be difficult. So true worship. Is giving your whole. Self. To the Lord and obeying His commandment. I will talk about this one later. True worship is transforming of your mind through the Holy Spirit. When you read verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Hallelujah. You know, this time is December. It's festive season. People are moving away from Christ. But this festive season, it's all about Christ. Eh? The churches are empty. Yes, some people are going home and dead. But they are that, But there's that number of people who are moving away, who are conforming to the patterns, and the ways of the world. Please, let us not drop the ball. It's all about Christ. These festive seasons, that's why you need to come closer to Christ. Because it is all about him. So, let us not conform to the patterns of the world. Let us not celebrate like Unbelievers, Let us not be excited like unbelievers. Let us show forth the glory of the king who took us from darkness into his marvelous light. Ebenezer. It's all about Christ. If it had not been for the lord on our side you see when the devil is looking at us he's seeing a sheep that needs to be roasted he's seeing a bride but the lord is our refuge the lord is our helper hallelujah True worship happens in the realm of the soul. It is internal rather than external because true worship is the posture of the heart. I can come here and do whatever drama that I want to do. That is not worship. I can come here and convince you otherwise and press whatever button that I know that will make you tick. But that is not true worship. True worship starts in the heart. It is the posture of your heart. It is a heart, thank you Jesus, that is circumcised. True worship, the heart, that is circumcised, the heart, that does not gossip. You cannot gossip From the same heart. And you worship. Eh? It's impossible. True worship. Is the posture. Of the heart. Your heart. The bible says. Out of the abundance. Of the heart. The mouth. Speaks. There's a difference between praise and worship. We are just used to say them as praise and worship. They are not praise and worship. They are not on the same level. It's not like I'm, I'm saying fruit and veg. They are not on the same level. It's not the same like I say palessa and camorel. No way. Worship is the mother of praise and prayer. You are not going to praise God if you cannot worship God in your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, which is worship, the mouth will praise the Lord. So praise is the result of, of worship, so we should say praise as worship, because you can praise God, but it's not everyone who can worship God. Today is Sunday, oh, many churches are gathered. Everyone is saying praising the Lord, but is your right okay? I mean, is your heart okay? Is your heart at the right, at par with the Lord? So you can come and say, Father, you are holy as the words. weights. That is why the Bible says, I like it. The Bible says, with their mouth, they are praising me. But their hearts are very far to whatever that they are seeing. You can come here and say, you are great. You are wonderful. Excellent is your name. But if your posture of the heart is not right, you are not worshiping. I believe I'm saying something. I want us to go back to that verse 1. Very important. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to so offer your body in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy. The only reason why we praise or we worship God is because of his mercy. Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. Blessed be to the name God almighty, almighty. He is worthy to receive all the praise. Because his mercy endures forever. I love the mercy of the Lord. Let me tell you this. The mercy of the Lord is like this. Today, we've got the mercies of the Lord. Again? Today. If you think you are not at the right place with the Lord... The mercies of the Lord, they present themselves right in front of you and say, don't worry, I have paid the price. The mercies of the Lord. Do not disqualify yourself. Never ever disqualify yourself because the mercies of the Lord are forever available. Okay. When the sun sets, you think the day is done. Tomorrow there are new mercies of the Lord waiting for you. There is therefore now no condemnation. those who are called by the name of the Lord. Why? Because the Lord, the Bible says, he is seated on the right hand of God the Father. He is interceding for us. We don't have to perform. It is not by our works. We cannot by his face. You know why? Because he died on the cross. And on the cross, that's why we find his mercies. Am I communicating? The mercy of the Lord. Each and every day when we wake up, you find the mercy of the Lord around you. Teppo, I'm here. Don't worry. If you have done something else that defiles you, or that you feel is, you have sinned, the mercy of the Lord in the morning, when you wake up, it says, "Teppo, I'm here. I'm here, I'm interceding for you. We can take this anew. We can take this from fresh. Am I making sense? My sister said, you see, when he said that, I was, I was blown away. And for that, that was my message for today. That's what I got from her. He says, our names are engraved In the palm of his hand. The word engraved. It means. Identity. Our identity. Is right in the hands of the Lord. And then it is engraved. Something which is engraved. You cannot erase it. Please listen to that. You cannot Erase it. Aus Philippine, your name is engraved in the hand. Does the Bible say so? Your name is engraved in the palm of his hand. So there is nothing. Yeah? And nothing I mean nothing. There is nothing that can erase your name in the palm of his hand. The Bible says... What is he that can separate us from the love of God? Can it be death? Can it be death? Can it be tribulations? Brace, of, brace yourself for this. Can it be sin? So it doesn't matter what we have done yesterday. The message of the Lord endures forever. The message of the Lord says, No, Lerato, I'm here. I'm interceding for you. It's me who went to the cross. It is not by your works. It is by the blood that was shed on Calvary. The blood was shed once and for all. There's no other blood that's coming. There's no other thing that that is coming. The blood erased our sins. The Bible says, As far as it is the east to the west, that's how far the Lord has separated you from your sin. You are great. You are wonderful. Excellent is your name. Jesus. You are great and you. You are wonderful. Excellent. Jesus Therefore I urge you same verse brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy the book of Romans uh, the chapter, chapter 1 and chapter I think until chapter 12 it talks about all these messes of the lord i'm just going to, to to sum up them those are we worship god because of the messes of the lord the message of the lord that deliver us eternal life ne? we worship the lord because he has given us eternal life there's nothing you can do about that it's 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 it's, it's, it's an assurance that we have an eternal life the message of the Lord that give us eternal love. if you are here today you feel like you are not loved. Christ loves you. Hallelujah. The message of the Lord gives us eternal grace. The message of the Lord we worship the Lord because He gave us that message that produces that gave us the Holy Spirit. we have the everlasting peace. We have the saving faith. We have comfort every time. We have strength and wisdom. We have hope. We have that this message of the Lord. They give us that patience. They give us that kindness. Honor. They, 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 they embrace us with glory. They give us righteousness they give us forgiveness of sins they give us reconciliation between us and the father they give us freedom they give us the just justification they give us sanctification the message of the lord brought us resurrection today we are called the sons of the living god because of those messages of the lord so our worship is from that standing point. Hallelujah. And we worship the Lord because we've got eternal or ongoing intercession from Christ. Christ, He is interceding for us. That is why we worship God. Psalm 116 verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? Hallelujah. Do you lack something in your life? If so, start worshiping God. Do you have a need in your family? If so, start worshipping God. There is a benefit in worshipping God. God demands our worship. I pray to God that I will, I will, I will interpret this the the right way. God demands worship from us. But he does not need that worship. Even if we do not worship him, he is God. So when we worship God, let's not think we are making a favor to the lord you are not making god a favor god demands you to worship him but he does not need that worship it is you who need that worship you know why because in worship there's benefits yeah There's benefits in worship. So worship doesn't benefit God. It benefits... Do we have people in this house? Worship doesn't benefit God. It benefits you. Hence, I'm saying, do you have a need in your life? Start worshiping God. You see, the first mention... Of the word worship in the Bible was when Abraham, or when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his own child. Abraham, uh, God says, Abraham, I need you to sacrifice your only, your only. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't look fair, palace. Your only child. Your only. <laughs> the one that you prayed and prayed and asked the Lord. You fasted. You do, did everything. And the Lord comes again and say, I want you to sacrifice this child. So Abraham, he went to the mountain. He tells his servant, he says, You and the donkey, You remain here. Me and my son, we are going up the mountain. We are going to worship. That was the first time the Bible mentioned the word worship. We are going to worship. So there is no worship without a sacrifice. you must feel something you must feel something living your yourself hallelujah he says we are going to worship Christ i was trying to say the worship benefits you and if you check when god when god when god asks you something he doesn't need it it's you who need that thing. He says you must sacrifice this child but after Abraham sacrificed that child he made him the father of many nations. So God, it was not God who needed Isaac. It was Abraham who needed something. From the Lord. Let's read Psalm one hundred three, one to five. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. All, all means all. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all what, all what, His benefits. So there's best. There is benefits in worshiping God verse three one of the benefit is god who forgives all thine iniquities one of the benefit is god who healeth all your diseases are we still together god who redeemed thy life from distractions that's why we are worshiping god god who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. God who satisfied thy mouth with good things, huh? God who satisfied thy mouth with good things, He provides for us so that thy youth and is so that thy youth youth is renewed like eagle. <laughs> so, worshiping God, it's something you can use for. Are you say? Do you say anti-aging? Yeah, now, 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 now you hear me. Now you hear me. <laughs> it's not me. It's a scripture. Who satisfied thy mouth with good news so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. So do you want to stay young, beautiful as you are? Start worshiping God. I'm going to put this statement. The highest level of worship is being like Christ and being obedient to his word. You can, if you are saying you are praising or you are singing or you are playing music the best but you are not obeying God You are not worshipping. True worship or the highest level of worship, it's being like Christ. It's being like Christ. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. So if you want to indulge in a to worship your life should reflect Christ. That is very important. Your life should reflect Christ. John 4 19-24 The woman said unto him, this is the passage where Jesus met uh, with uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. Again, are we still Together? Jesus met with the Samaritan woman at the well. So Jesus was teaching somewhere else and then he felt tired. He wanted a place just to sit. He did not want, he did not ask, or he, the need there was not water. But it was a place to sit. So, within their conversation, the woman say, "Unto him say, I appreciate that thou art a prophet. Our father worshipped in this mountain, and here say, that's in Jerusalem, in the place where men ought." To worship. So this woman was pointing to a place of worship. There's only one place where we can worship. It's at church somewhere else. Is in a certain place somewhere else. According to our norms and standards, you cannot just worship anywhere. That's not true worship. True worship has got nothing to do with the place you are. Wherever you are, you can worship Christ. Hallelujah. So, Jesus' answered, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh where ye shall neither in this mountain, nor yet at Jerusalem, worship the Father. It says, The time is coming, and the time is now. The time is coming, and the time is now. This verse has got nothing to do with music. But here Jesus was introducing himself to the woman. It was not all about the water. We have agreed that whatever that Jesus asks from you. It's not something that Jesus needs. But the person who is in need of that thing, it's you. Are we still together? So he asked. The water from the woman. But actually, is the woman who needed the everlasting water? Is the woman who had a need? It is not God, it is not Christ who had a need. It is a woman who had a need. So he said the time is coming, referring to himself. That is why we said worship. The highest level of worship is worshiping it's, it's, it's when we, we our life are, are, are being transformed to be like Christ ne? so so, so, so he is introducing himself Christ to this woman because this woman needed Christ so each and every worship that is not reflecting Christ it is not worship or each and every lifestyle that is not reflecting Christ it is not. Christ like because the whole we said it in this, in this church the whole Bible it's about Christ the whole scripture is about Christ the whole scripture is referring to Christ if you are going to do a Bible study and you are not going to look for Christ in your Bible study your Bible study is in vain from Genesis until Revelation, the Bible is introducing us to Christ. Christ is the main message of the Bible. Are we still together? So the scriptures are referring to Christ. All the scriptures, all of them, they are referring to Christ. So the best worship, it's being like the message of the Bible, which is Christ. Are, are we still here? Maybe the last verse. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That doctrine means it is profitable for teaching. All the scriptures is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for teaching. Are we still together? All the scriptures they are profitable for teaching. For reproof. For correction. Hallelujah. For what? For correction. Our lives is like uh, maybe let's make an example That's soccer soccer you need a coach you cannot play against Morocco without a coach eh? so you, you need a coach in your life so the coach is the scriptures. Hallelujah. When, when, when the pastor is preaching there from the word, he's not talking about you. No, no. He's pointing you to the standard, which is the scriptures. You want to be corrected in your life? Go back to the scriptures. Because the scriptures, they represent our coach here on earth. If you are, a pre- you are a person and you don't take advices when you are wrong, you have a problem. Does that make sense? The scriptures are for correction. For instruction in righteousness. For instructions in righteousness. The scriptures are the main... Measuring stick in our righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are, they are they, the scriptures. They are they which testify about me. That's what I've said, or the whole Bible speaks about Christ. The whole scriptures, the whole scripture from, from Genesis until Revelation, they are they which testify about me. They are they. They means uh, individual scripture. Individually, and they means collectively. They are they that testifies about me. So it is all about Christ. I'm just going to read this one. It's Luke 24, 44-45. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses. The law of Moses means... Uh, uh, Genesis, uh, the scriptures of Moses, the, all four, four, four books of the Bible, the first four books of the Bible, written by Moses, must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, the prophets means the minor prophets, the Amos, and Ezekiah, Ezekiel, and all those, and in the Psalms, and concerning me, christ so we have we have already tested that that the whole scripture the whole bible is about christ the bible we said it here in this church that the bible is not a good book for finances the bible is not book for marriage the bible is not good book for other things the bible interprets Christ. That's the message of the Bible. And it helps us to be like him. Am I making sense? All the scriptures, they're talking about Christ. They're pointing us to the message of the Bible, which is Christ. So our worship, in our worshiping, we becoming more and more like him can we stand on our feet